Hello, everyone, and welcome to Going Well Hunting. This is a Hunter Hunter rewatch and recap podcast. I'm your host, Sky. My pronouns are they, them. I'm your other host, Devin. My pronouns are he, him. I'm Keith. My pronouns are also they, them. And my roommate's asleep, so I'm going to be doing like low key AM SMR for probably Ooh. most of the episode. Ooh. I'm trying to keep it low and silky over well, here. You know. <laughs> It's a new arc. It's going to be perfectly regular and nice. So we can we can hit it with the chill vibes. Uh, this arc starts off pretty pretty chill. Nothing really I'm happens. I'm about to play some. I'm about to play some nighttime radio. Send in your requests. I'm about to play some smooth jazz. I'm about to play uh, whatever band relates to ants. Mm. <laughs> Adam Ant, probably. Sound of the Forest, and it's just a bunch of ants. The Beatles? <laughs> no, we're dealing with ants. <laughs> no, this. What the what fuck are you, fuck are you, fuck are you about? talking we're about? We're dealing with ants. <laughs> My mistake. I'm Two so completely sorry. Different are there things. no Beatles in this? There are Beatles uh, in this arc. I, I okay. think I think we see like a few amalgamations of Beatles. Okay. Well, I'll I'll be sure to find Ringo when we get there. Yeah. I'll yeah. be like that one. That's Ringo. Yeah, we'll point out the Ringo Beatles. Okay. 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 Sounds good. All right. So we got, we made it, guys. We've made it all the way to Chimera Antarctica. We we made it to the ants. We're we're doing so well. (laughs) We found a big old ant hill and we're just going to dive right in. We're going to land right on a big ant hill and then immediately get shot at. (laughs) Yep. And then said, you're fucking idiots. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's so, what Togashi um, is about to do to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Gon and Kilua, they 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 finish using the company spell. It sends them to a person fishing in the mist, mm. just having a normal time. It's a cloaked figure, so it's impossible to tell who they are. It's probably Jing. That yeah. would definitely make a lot of sense. We as the audience all point and clap and say Jing. We found him. We found Jing. Thank God. The journey's over. We're all done. We did it. Gon finally gets to meet his dad. You solved it. It's our dad. And he's wearing a lot of eyeliner. We can tell that through the mist. We can tell he's wearing a ton of eyeliner and he grew out his hair a bit. Mm. The stress did get to him a little bit though, so it's looking a little gray. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we found him, so that's good. We solved it. Uh Uh-huh. I do want to say the interest laps. I mean, not the music, because obviously that's not changed. But, um... Oh, you mean the visuals that are all normal? Yeah, everything looks very normal and regular going into this. I mean, you know... No ulterior motives happening whatsoever in this intro? Yeah. You don't see a bunch of characters that I clap and cheer when I look at them? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have any, like, input on what any of these... Like, obviously, I... This is, like... I've said this several times. The the whole conceit of me coming on here was like, oh, yeah, this will be mostly spoiler-free. This is the one arc that's truly, like, I have no idea what's going on. But I feel like you didn't know what the fuck was going on in Greed Island. I don't think I ever watched that with you. I Because I think I watched Greed Island for the second time during this podcast. I definitely saw Bisky's transformation. I think you saw it in this arc. No, I like I had seen it before the podcast because I knew what was coming. And I never watched this without you. But yeah, like I I, I knew (laughs) some things, but not I mean, I knew nothing about Genthru or anything like that. Um, but yeah, this one, I'm completely blind. So the intro looks cool as shit. There's some, some cool looking motherfuckers coming in. Um, but yeah. I know nothing about them, we've, but I'm excited. We've got a lot of monsters in this We one. sure do. We, we got a lot of furries. <laughs> this is the furry takeover arc. Yeah. This, 
This is the arc where we decide if furries can live with humanity. This is going to be the arc that... Um, Togashi ans- asks the question. Well, that too. This is going to be the arc where, um, at least myself, I'm going ha- to have to dance around uh, some yeah. things. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, this, this arc could be very revealing if I let it. So, you know, we're just going to... Oh, about the sexy monsters? Yeah, there's some sexy, sexy monsters looking, looking like they're going on. So, oh, you like know. the ant queen we meet this, these episodes? We, we are going to talk about the ant queen. And her massive abdomen? <laughs> I mean, we've already shown our entire asses on this podcast in regards to monster fucking i think so we like sure have, but yeah i, I haven't this one's just secret. gonna get suspe- specific i guess i don't know oh have We're you just... seen leon hmm? have you seen Hagya? i don't know who any of these people are oh okay <laughs> i just saw some people in the intro and i'm like oh i can't wait until they show up okay. um yeah but are, um, you, are you talking about the butterfly man we see in the um, obviously the butterfly man exists on his own plane like you just those wings i don't even know what to say about that it's just phenomenal yeah i can give you one spoiler and we say that he's gay fucking, and does violin yeah it's good we fucking love the butterfly we man love the butterfly he man so we love much. the butterfly man we love the cat boy we love love is a strong word for the big red guy but yeah. we'll appreciate him He's we'll, there. We'll learn to appreciate. I mean, I love Duvagin, so we'll see. Maybe I'll be like, yep, that's that's my man there. <laughs> I can say, the big red guy's pretty funny. <laughs> He's the most normal out of all of them, is the funny part. He's just a dude. <laughs> sure. He's just a guy. Okay, we should actually start the episodes. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have a fun time spotting and pointing out all the normal characters in this arc. There's so many of them. Yeah. All the regular characters who are like, "That's just a guy over there." Hey, yeah. hey look, we found one. We, we found meet, a human being. We meet one of the just the guys this episode. We meet a couple uh, guys. Yeah. Speaking of this episode, so Anyways. Gon and Kilua, they see this cloaked figure who, and. That guy just, it's on sight. He immediately jumps them, just like fucking kicks them to the ground and pulls out a clown, which turns into a gun. (laughs) Yeah, this episode starts off fucking quick. He just fucking knocks them to the ground and then he pulls out this clown who says, I've got a slot machine in my mouth. And then it starts rolling the numbers and it hits four and just transforms into a big old gun. It turns into Mm -hmm. a big old gun and this mysterious man who we have never met in any of the shows ever before we've Mm -hmm. never seen him before in our entire lives he says damn bad draw and then he just starts like so the camera lets me to believe later that he's like i was aiming at the anthill you were standing on i was saving your lives he points the gun directly at gone before turning to the anthill he just he opens fire directly on these boys it's it's a wild fucking intro for this character kilua does throw himself like completely overgone which is i mean regular we, and normal yeah that's a normal thing you do for just your a friends guy. but um yeah we do th- that's how this starts it's like this guy jumps out and kilua just jumps overgone and this guy is just blasting everything and um then he throws off his cape dramatically and we see his full like you know we kind of see his face um, we see his long flowing white hair and his beautiful eyeliner and gone is like wait you're you're not my dad. You're definitely not my dad, though. Yeah, Kilo goes Jing, and Gon goes no. 
<laughs> yeah, we we're, we we meet this skinny twink man who has a clown gun and eyeliner and long, gorgeous white hair, mm-hmm. and we've never seen him before in our entire lives. We've never met this man. He definitely never existed before this point in any form of media. I hope no secret memories get unlocked for me this episode in about a few <laughs> seconds. No secret memories as I look upon this man and go, hey, wait. So he does that and Kill is like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Why'd you just try to kill us? And he stands up, but then he notices a little, a little bug has bitten into his leg. Yeah, yeah. Kite is like, well, I was, I was shooting at the ants, and He's Kilo like, I was shoot like, at the fucking ants, dummy. Kilo was like, what? You mean this motherfucker? And he goes to grab the ant off of his leg, and Kite goes, no, you fool, and knocks him yeah. to the ground, and then takes his hat and just like sweeps the ant off, and it's so, I don't know, it's so funny. It's just, <laughs> he just kind of just like sweeps it off, like he just like little flick of the wrist, like yeah, he, it's he, incredible. He smacks it with his turquoise newsboy cap which is a thing he wears <laughs> he sure does i've said before that tagashi loves jojo and puts little references of his love to jojo this is the arc of the jojo posing beginning yes. to happen because there's so much of this dude doing a dramatic thing and then just standing there in a pose for a few seconds while everyone's like bro what are you doing Kite really is just stunting all over the place in this one. It's like he has this stupid clown nun and he has to make up for it by seeming cool as shit, but it doesn't work because he just looks like he's just like just posing everywhere with this stupid clown next to him. It's First of all, I love that clown. It's quite an image. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the only valid clown in the entire anime of Hunter Hunter. I'm sure we've met another valid clown who isn't Hisaka. No, it's I, are there That's any other true. clowns? I'm, I'm trying to think. I think there was maybe one other clown that we, we might have enjoyed. Um, there was the guy who jumped onto the stage when, during... Oh, yeah, there was that clown. See, two clowns. I don't know if he necessarily counts as a clown, but he had some fancy makeup on, and he just jumped on the stage was and was like, was he a screw, I... Uh, Juggalos are basically like goth clowns, right? I don't know. I don't know. Because that's kind of what this guy was. I don't know. That's not the definition of Juggalo. But I'm saying aesthetically, as an outsider perspective, they're basically goth clowns, right? Once again, I don't want any Juggalos coming for us, so I won't say uh, (laughs) gay or nay on this. If you're listening and you're a Juggalo. uh, Just know I fear you. Let us know in the comments whether or not goth clown is accurate. (laughs) Just know I'm very afraid of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this guy gets all dramatic and he sweeps a tiny little ant off Killua and then whips out his gun again and shoots it. And he's like, damn, I can't believe you guys made me do this. I had to take another life. And Gon says, hey, wait a minute. Secret memories have been unlocked for me. You, I remember you. You're a kite. I remember a man who doesn't like taking life, but who has done it. I remember a man who killed a big fucking bear when I was six. <laughs> yep. Who has taken more lives than he would necessarily prefer. Who has so, also punched me directly in the face. So this is this is Kite from chapter one of the manga and episode one of the 99 and not episode one of the 2011. So we're, we're just in the situation where the 99 anime ended before we get, like, just immediately before we get the kite reveal, and 
the 2011 never had the kite set up. So we're just living in a world where, like, there is no version of this that has an adequate payoff except for the manga. Mm -hmm. And they, they did two different animes, and neither of them got got this. Neither of them got kites completely. Got story. to this point. I think this is actually incredibly hilarious mostly for the fact that this entire episode has to do this thing where both characters seem to seemingly like suddenly remember an incredibly formative experience in both their lives at the same time and be like of course how could i ever forget and i just go yeah how could you <laughs> god we're we're going to have a fun time when we get to too many goons because it's yeah it's very different in the manga like, like, just literally going, just like, oh man, I remember you. And Kite sits there and stares at him first. And he's like, wait, yes, Gone. And Gone's like, how did you know my name? And I'm just like, Gone, you told it to him. <laughs> Gone, remember when you were a child and you looked at him and said, my name's Gone. Yeah, these two are acting like they've never met each other in their entire lives, despite having like a life altering encounter. <laughs> Like, it's incredibly funny how much the show is trying to be like, this character, he's new, but, you know, Gon might have known him before. He's We've known him all along, but we haven't mentioned him because it wasn't important until now. That's that's what's going like, on. Like, yeah, Yami Yugi, he was sealed inside his pharaoh's mind palace and wandering through the maze, and Gon finally found him. I almost wish, and I mean, I, I, I will say, like, as a, I, I did not, um, like, obviously, I hadn't come into this reading the manga, and I kind of jumped on the podcast after we got through the 99 of that part. So this was my first introduction to Kite, and it is weird. It works. Like, if you don't have that context, it does still kind of work, but it does make me wonder why they included this flashback at all, because it could, like, it's not... This whole, like, so basically there's a flashback and Gon, like, um, he is playing with a little baby fox bear and a big mama fox bear comes and attacks him. And then Kite has to kill the big, uh, the big mama fox bear because it's going to kill Gon. And then Gon is like, oh, I'm so sad. I have to take care of this little baby fox bear. Um, and like, that's, that's the gist of both of their flashbacks, but it's like, None of that really matters. And you, I feel like you could have had this scene without that. Like, it could have just been like, who are you? Like, oh, I knew Jing. Like, you know, like, they, they would have had yeah. that where, like, Gone would have been like, well, this thing should have led me to Jing. Do you know who Jing is? And then they could have talked that way. I like, like I said, it kind of doesn't, it doesn't feel too awkward with the flashback, but it also does feel like, why? Why? Is Here's it here? a little thing that is even weirder about the two 2011 because normally i would be able to say like oh well they probably didn't understand his importance like if the Khmer antarch hadn't come out yet then kai would have been a dude who showed up episode one and never appeared again and they'd be like okay we could probably cut that Khmer antarch started in 2003 yeah yeah it's kind of funny that the 99 did throw him in there and the 2011 didn't yeah like, from that like, perspective that don't really know makes this me dude's laugh important, so we're gonna put him in here <laughs> 2011 knows exactly what kite storyline is supposed to be and where it ends up. And they're just kind of like, eh, we don't need to worry about that now. Yeah, I do kind of understand that for the 2011. I think we talked about this like way back yeah. when, but like, 
it's it's very much interested in just like getting right to the adventure, you know. Yeah, they didn't want to spend an episode. Which I kind of, of understand. Little but... Gone on an island and some random dude being like, "I know your dad," and Gone being like, "I don't know my dad," and he's like, <laughs> "Your dad's really fucking cool, dude." <laughs> And Gon's like, yeah. that sounds so cool. I'm going to go ask my aunt about it, and she's going to be like, your dad sucks. In fairness. Yeah. <laughs> Is she wrong? No, she's completely right. So, yeah. I. So, I do understand, like, why they did it the way they did. But, you know, even so, we're like, now that we've finally gotten here, I think it does, like feel like a bit of a stumble just because like this first episode is 100% exposition we just get a big exposition dump on the first episode of the new season we have to learn who kite is learn why he's important and what his relationship to go and jing is and also like learn what the fuck the next arc is gonna be about like all in one episode and it's like yeah, yeah kind of not a lot happens except, like, just, like, sitting down and talking to Kite. I mean, so. we still would have had to have some of that, I guess, yeah. unless we really did want to have Kite's whole exposition in season one, which, again, I'm not familiar with this part of the 99 or the manga, so I'm not sure how that worked then or how it would have worked, like, if they had thrown that in, but... I mean, either way, this episode's going to be exposition heavy because either way, Kite is coming back in and saying like, yeah, after I met you, I went and saw Jing again. And that's the reason I know your name, because apparently he told me instead of you. But somehow he knew that when I said there was a little kid with a fox bear, he knew that was his son. So the tone shifts of this episode are so fucking wild, dude, because it's mostly just them sitting after this. They all sit by a fire and talks about his Gon's dad and they all gush about Gon's dad and how cool he is and how big his meat is and how nice he is. Um, and then it occasionally just hops over to like the meat and potatoes of this arc, which is a giant ant woman sitting in a cave eating some fish. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what could this be? Yeah, basically, like, how this scene goes, Kite says, I was Jing's apprentice. And then it just cuts away to this cave, and you see this fish swimming in a cave. And a big ant, like a big ant monster, just reaches in and grabs the fish and takes a huge bite with its mandibles. And, like, I I keep having written in my notes stuff like, uh, also a big scary ant monster is eating fish in a cave. Not not a big deal, I'm sure. Big mommy mandibles is written in my notes. Big mommy mandibles. It's written in my notes 25 times. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just keeps... It really... Like, it goes from Kite saying that to that scene, and then just right back to the campfire. And it's just like, yeah, uh, I'm going to tell you about about your dad now. And <laughs> Like, the tone funny. shifts of these first few episodes in the arc entirely are so funny because it's just going and Killua on another happy adventure being like, wow, we're working with our dad's apprentice. This is so cool and fun. And then it's literally just like, in a cave, a giant ant is consuming human flesh. Anyways. I will say, I mean, we'll get into this as we go on. It's very good at setting up the mood. I love it. Oh, like, it fucking rules. The cuts back and forth between this like scary cave and then it's just them having this, especially as they start talking more about the chimera ants and you start learning like small things about them and then it cuts back to the cave. It's uh, it's so scary. I love it so much. This is what I'm talking about, like video game arc being perfect where it is because it literally is just like, oh, we just got off a fun video game island where like, 
we nearly died, but also it was a fun video game island where it's like, you're going to fight for your life in a game of dodgeball. Well, and it was... And now it's literally just like, oh, wow, cool, another fun adventure. And it's like, there's an ant woman consuming human flesh in a cave, raising an not, army. Not yet. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, now we're, in, now we're in cannibal furry hell. Now we're in cannibal furry hell, and the kids are like, I can't wait for this next adventure. Yeah. And it's, it, the tone is just so good, because it's just like, oh, you are, you gonna see. It was such a confidence builder for them, like with Seth Guerra being like, oh man, I really need to train up on my essentials. These kids are whipping my ass. And then they show up here, and it is not at all a good thing that their confidence was just that built up. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, well, yeah, we're not, yeah. So anyways, we're at the campfire. Kite is um, telling them about his childhood. We get a little flashback of baby Kite who looks exactly like adult Kite, just slightly yep. sh- slightly shorter. Um, you want to see a horse with eyelashes in a sewer? <laughs> yeah, so he steals this loaf of bread. He's running from the cops. These uh, dogs and birds are helping him run away from the cops. And yeah, Kite just has an army of puppers, which he uses to help him escape with this bread. And he brings the bread to an injured dog in the sewer, who is also his friend. And then we see Jing is just there in the sewer, hanging out with all his animal friends. So like Jing's just like, hey, I met your pupper friends. They're, they seem pretty cool. Also, this horse. Yeah, because we, we see Jing like up on like a building watching him run away and he's with all these animals and stuff. And then he just like sneaked into the sewer ahead of him to be there when he got there. So dramatic. And yeah, he stole one loaf of bread to feed himself. Looks like six four, dogs. Yeah, four to six dogs, Um, a horse. And, and now Jing. And a bird. Yeah. Can't forget the bird. Yeah, so um, I don't know about that loaf of bread going to cut it, but... Yeah, uh, I don't know about the uh, efficacy of this. Um, Incredibly funny that Jing has shown up to collect yet another abandoned child. Because it seems like it's his favorite thing to do. Only to abandon them again. Yeah, only to promptly make instill a great sense of love and loyalty in them, and then be like, okay, bye. Hunt me down, dummo. Yeah, Jing's favorite thing is abandoning people, and you've got to become like, you've got to become like a close and sort of emotionally dependable figure before you can like do a proper abandoning. <laughs> That's He's exactly like, right. Do you rely on me? Do you rely on me and think of me, think the world of me? And the person's like, yes, of course. And he's like, well, for your final mission, bye. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go off the fucking grid and you can try to find me, but I'm going to tell you no every yeah. time. Yeah. So, yeah, we we go away and uh, it's back to Kite and he's like, yeah, so Jing and I kind of became friends, but I really had to pester him into training me because, you know, he really hates hassle. And I'm like, yeah, he sure does. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, um, my... Uh, my like after I completed my training and everything, he taught me how I could beat the hunter exam pretty easily. And then he was like, "Well, here's here's your final test." And he's like, "What do you what do you think it was?" And goes like, "I bet I bet he said see if you could find me." He's like, "Yup." He just straight up ditched me, and I had to hunt him down. It's incredibly funny that comes like, ah oh, man, that's just like my dad. Of course he would abandon you. <laughs> of course and he would ditch with, like, you. With such joy and like love in his heart. And I'm just like, Gone, that isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Go and get mad. Be like, oh, he did it to you too. Gone, that's not what 
dads are supposed <laughs> to do. Goat says, oh man, I love when my dads are deadbeat and leave me. <laughs> Just like, go on. Go and evaluate. Gun's like, yeah, this is this is a normal expression of love. Such a jing move, just running out, going out for cigarettes and never coming back. That's such a him thing. <laughs> He's like, I'm going out for cigarettes, but I'll leave a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> letting you know which store I might have gotten those cigarettes from. And when you get to that store, I'll leave a little recording that says, I'm not at this store with the cigarettes. But if you ask around, you might be able to figure out where I went next. I'm going out for cigarettes, but if you put in your copy of uh, Super Mario for the N64, you will have a pre-recorded message from me telling me telling you that I do not want you to find me. <laughs> I do not want you to find me. And if you play that game a little further, I won't be in there. I might lead you to certain places within that game, but I won't be there. And then if you beat the entire game... I will leave a little riddle for you that says, maybe you can find me, but here's the trick. If you ask your friends to join you, I say, <laughs> We're fuck not you. there yet. <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. I got words for Jing. Uh-huh, yeah. So first we do have, um, Kite did kind of hook up back with Jing at some point, and um, that's because apparently Go never introduced himself to Kite in this version. He... Kite found Jang and was like, hey, uh, while I was on Whale Island, which is, I guess, where you're from, I met this crazy kid who saved a fox bear, but I had to kill the mommy fox bear. And I punched this kid directly in the fucking face right after. Jang said, yeah, that was my son, Gone. And he, like, goes and just, like, like fake out punches Kite, like, just, like, punches within an inch of his face and is like... Thanks for hitting him. Any moron knows that you shouldn't uh, play with fox bears during mating season or whatever. (laughs) Jing says, thanks for beating up my son. And then Gon says, oh yeah, there was another guy who Jing asked to beat me up. He sure loves doing that. And then we get the scene of fucking Razor again. And it's just Jing being like, when my son comes here, you're allowed to fucking kill him. Yeah, we get that. his dad going around the world and telling people to beat him up just when you see my son it's on site fucking (laughs) kick his ass i want i want to hear about how fucked up you like just just beat his ass beat that 12 year old's ass i don't i give you my blessing imagine if you were just going around town and a random dude walked up to you and said oh hey i know your dad and you're like cool and he's like he gave me permission to kick you in the face <laughs> that does sound like my dad. Um, yeah, so we go from there. Well, we're kind of still there. They have this whole scene where they talk about Jing has this master plan and he knew every step of the way. And like, um, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Gon is, Gon literally just says, wow, Jing is really, really seems like a Dumbledore. He planned out every step of my journey for me. <laughs> Jing is Dumbledore, and I am simply his Harry Potter. That's exactly I will do right. whatever he tells me to. Yeah, and he sent me to Kite on purpose so that I could, you know, learn from his student and, like, get better at being a hunter. Just like I, you know, grew as a hunter by playing Greed Island. And then we, at, I think it's around this point that we just, like, get a... Uh, flashback of Jing talking to like one of the administrator girls from yeah, Reed Island being I did, like 
Um, yeah, I got words for Jing about this one. Well, yeah, there is a quick thing, though, because they do, they go into all of this shit where they're like, yeah, I bet maybe he planned for me to talk to Genthru and Bisky and all them. And I'm like, yeah. Gon, he doesn't know those people exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, incredibly funny. Gon's like, ah, oh, Jing must have even planned for me to meet Bisky and, and fight Genthru. And I'm just like, Gon, Gon, yeah. what are you talking about? Gon, what are you on about? He even, because he does mention, he's like, maybe he knew that I would meet Killua. And Killua's like, I'm your age, dude. Um, but yeah. You wouldn't it, know I was alive. Because, yeah. And then it does go from there. And he's talking to Elena, who, or I think it's Elena. It could be Ida. But. Yeah, they look exactly the same and have the exact same voice. But it is, I guess it is Elena. Because she's like the leaving one. Like she controls that part of the game. And he's like, okay. So I want you to set it up. So that if Gon uses a company, it's going to go to Kite. But if it's magnetic force, I'll come to him or, or or he'll come to me. That That's how that card works. And Elena's like, I mean, yeah, I can do that. But why? And he's like, well, if Gon is uh, not if Gon is too much of a pussy and he needs to bring a friend with him, then I, I'm not. I don't want to do that. And Elena literally is just like, so you're stubborn and shy and stupid and don't want to meet any of Gon's friends. And you're too afraid of like (laughs) having to talk to multiple people at once. And Jing is like, fuck off. Just do what I asked. (laughs) Pretty much. I got, I got words for Jing. First Mm -hmm. of all, fuck you, dude. Fuck you, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, dude. Um, meet your goddamn son. Meet his friends. Uh, what do you think they'll do when they show up? Like, jump you? He was so goddamn excited to introduce He's worried about to child his support. dad. He's worried about child support payments. Like, Gon brings up his child support payment payment friends, and they're like, get his ass. <laughs> Aunt Mito shows him, and she's like, you owe me money, fucko. Goddamn, what if he had brought Aunt Mito through the games? Um, also... <laughs> I mean, she would have dragged him out, but what if, you know? Also, Elena... Elena, you can just, like, ignore him. You can just say, yeah, I did it, dude, and just, like, not do it. Just, uh-huh, I'm doing it right now, tapping oh, on keyboards. I, I'm clicking on my yeah. keyboard. Ooh, wow, I did it. <laughs> Fucking let this boy see his dad. Yeah. Yeah, we get, like, a little scene of her, like, sipping tea later on and is like, wow. I wonder if Gon or if Jing regrets that, being such a stupid idiot, but whatever. No, he doesn't. He's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, we know he doesn't, but, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, it sucks. But then, yeah, we, (laughs) yeah. after that flashback, it's Kilua kind of saying that he's just along for the ride. And it was really about Gon in that, uh, in that game. Mm -hmm. He, he, he said, looking at Gon gaily, um, he said with an amount of gay in his voice. Yeah, and then, yeah, he's. this is kind of, they get more into, like, wow, was Jing really, like, planning this far ahead? And I'm like, no, he wasn't. He doesn't have a plan as detailed. He didn't. Um, but... <laughs> he's not God. They they keep talking through this, and they're like, well, maybe we were supposed to meet you, Kite. And Kite is like, wow, that's deep. And he's like, hey, Gon, do you want to know where Jing is right now? And Gon says... No. And Kite says, good answer. And this is the part that I'm mad about because why? Why is it like, I understand that Jing has like abandonment and commitment issues, but like, why is the whole thing here? Like, no, you can't ask for information. You cannot use all of the knowledge at your disposal. If someone offers to tell you exactly where Jing is, you should not take it. Like, why? 
why? Why is that like a uh, deep and profound thing right now for them to be talking about? Like, have you ever considered fucking? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't well, consider. Um, have you ever considered that if you ask for help, you are weak and a little bitch and you need to find your dad all by yourself um, with your own power? <laughs> and occasionally you need to get a teacher, but you're not allowed to ask that teacher to say, help me find my dad. You're supposed to say, Give me the absolute raw power to find my dad. Give me all of the fucked up powers you can give me so that I may go on my own to find So that I may kill anyone who stands in my way of finding my dad. Yeah, pretty much. And the teacher says, okay, bye-bye. Gon knows that he won't be qualified to meet Jing until he has his own fucking gun clown. (laughs) Until he has his own. That's the fucking kind of... Un unmatched raw power that he needs is just a clown that sp- spits out a gun. I mean, he kind of has a clown, just not willingly. It's that's true. Yeah, we're not <laughs> talking about that clown. He's he going. unfortunately does have a clown. <laughs> we're not. We're not mentioning the other clown anymore. Yeah, that is true. Chimera he, ant. We don't have to think about. That is true. Exactly he right. is completely free from this arc, and it is a gag in the next arc. Yeah. Um, we do get a quick shot of the ant monster again here. She's still just eating, eating, eating yeah. more fish. We can talk about that abdomen, right? Just yeah, it's it's thick. Yeah, she got a big bahunga bonga dongaroo. Yeah, she do. The, the she got dumper. that big juicy dumper, which is weird because she constantly keeps talking about she needs to like raise a child and eat enough food to consume and raise a child. Yeah. Um, and then she keeps rubbing her uh, little tummy. Mm-hmm. And I say, that's not where the kid comes from, silly. Mm-hmm. It comes from your big juicy dumper right behind you. Yeah, she should be smacking her own ass going, oh, there's a big old king in here. There's a baby coming out of this <laughs> bad boy any second now. She keeps like rubbing her tummy like she's a pregnant lady. And I say, no, 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 not where it goes. Stroke that ass. Well, we know that this chimera ant has some human DNA, so maybe, maybe baby mm. is tummy. Maybe baby is tummy. I, it's I, kind of like a centaur situation. I am wondering as she eats these fish. Yeah. I am wondering if she eats pussy mm. like that, but um. Oh, you're thinking about those big mommy mandibles? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, aren't we all? Bitch, I might be. Um, aren't we all? Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> we move from there. Uh, We're telling we, on ourselves already? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. She's... Yeah? Do she eat pussy like that? Yeah, um, big mommy mandles. Sh- we go... Fr- we just get a short scene of her. She's not quite speaking yet, but it's a, it's not long until she does. And, yeah, the um, narrator doesn't want you to forget that she's around. Yeah. Um, we do... We get a, another quick scene of Gone and Kite, and they're talking about how Gone... Or Jing is a three-star hunter, or isn't technically, but is basically, because apparently there's a process you have to go through to be qualified as a three-star hunter, but, like, everyone knows that he's, like, that good. And Gone is like wow he's like as good as the best of the best and then like we see Kaloa kind of looking at like Kite and being like wow Kite has the respect of one of the best hunters <laughs> it's a lot I'm just like Kaloa you, you can do better than getting somebody's respect but um no you cannot you know there there there's lots of parallels that make me sad um but yeah, that's basically that scene. Honestly, they just have like a little emotional moment there, and then we go back to the cave, and we get uh, this is we finally get the narrator kind of telling us he's like, oh, we're in the 
European continent and something. And uh, the, the, the narrator says, like, off in this case. She's eating pussy like that. Basically, yeah. Uh, it's she like, do be eating pussy like that. <laughs> You know what? I'm actually thinking about upcoming episodes when yeah. when she is pregnant with the king, and we, we do see her tummy get big and round and pregnant, so you know mm. what? I just want that on the record. That's true, but that is after a specific event in the next episode happens. Yeah. We do see a lot of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, she she's sitting in the cave and she's talking about how, oh, this this isn't enough. She needs to eat and eat and eat because she is the queen and she will birth a king. And that's yeah, episode. you will, lady. <laughs> <laughs> that is episode is uh, our, our queen, our queen in the cave eating pussy like that. <laughs> Long may she reign. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's right. Um, yeah. So, um... Next episode, Kite is um, talking about the new species he discovered, which is uh, tiger unicorns. Yeah, we we learn why Jing is here in this random continent, and he's doing, like, biological survey work, like, looking for new species and just, like, reporting on all the wildlife in the area. And he's got just, like, a, just like a Ocean's Eleven team of... of Amateur hunters doing biological surveying. Yeah. Um, people that Togashi spent a long time thinking of names for. Yeah, very long time. Definitely. Um, I do like that the tiger unicorns have discovered fire. Yeah, I love how they, they are cooking food. <laughs> I love how the whole thing is like, once again, a bit on the nose of him being like, yeah, these tigers are so smart. They they learn to make fire and cook their food. They're almost like people. Ha ha ha. And I wanted to say... These tigers, unicorns are cool because they're clearly spearing their food with their horns, and that's cool that they learn how to do that, and they're using them as, like, skewers for roasting. How do they start the fire? Uh, I know it says so in the manga. It definitely says that, you know, they just, like, find just, like, you know, branches that were, like, struck by lightning or just, like, naturally started fires yeah. and then, like, you know, harvest those. Yo, that's so fucking cool. They wait for thunderstorms and lightning strikes and yeah. they're like, I call that one. Fire farmers. That's so fucking that's cool. Sick. Yeah, that's sick as hell. I love that. Togashi, why would you just bury this under some random bit of exposition? <laughs> um, yeah. So we also find out here that these chimera ants that were mentioned in the last episode are under a class one quarantine. That's all we know for now, but we will find out more later. Um, because they're normal. Yeah, they're normal and fine. And um, the uh, Kite's group comes up, and what I have written in my notes is that this is what every gay friend group looks like. <laughs> yeah, you have the tall, skinny twink with way too much eyeliner. You have the joyous twink who's a little too happy to be alive. And the fro. Yeah, with the fro. You have the bear. Yeah. Um, and then you have the two lesbians. Yeah, mm-hmm. both with pink hair. One yes. chewing bubblegum constantly, and the other one with an undercut, overalls, and a little puppy in her backpack. Yeah. yeah. She so, has the exact haircut of Itadori Yuji from Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> so. She super does! <laughs> oh, so she's peak character design. Which confirms that they are both lesbians. That's exactly right. We knew this about Itadori. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true, that's true. Um, but yeah, so- Both Megumi, Bushiguro, and Itadori Yuji are lesbians, and they love each other. 
Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Um, they do start introducing themselves. The, the bubblegum girl is named spin or spinner. I think they kind of switch it up. Um, but they, they get cut off because they realize that this little baby boy is a Zoldic. Yeah. So she's like, I'm spin. And the fro dude is like, I'm dinner. Get it. Get it? I cook the food. I'm dinner. <laughs> My name is dinner because I cook dinner. And Gona's like, I'm going freaks. And they're like, uh, the Gone freaks of Gene freaks fame. And he's like, yeah. And then Kill is like, uh, and they're like, are you Gene freak Gone Gene freaks son as well? White haired anime boy. And he's like, no, I'm not that famous. I'm just Kill Zoldic. And they're like, uh, uh, of the uh, of, of the, the Zoldic family. Of like, the famous uh -huh. world-class assassins, Zoldix, and he's just like, yeah, but I retired. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I quit being an assassin. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm not going to chop all your heads off. I hate killing people. <laughs> it's fine. I, I I did a major shift. I like I changed my major halfway through. To sex with Joan. I mean, gum. I mean... Joan? That's a that's a musical song. Oh, okay. For anyone out there. You know? I'm uncultured, so I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, it's about Alison Vegetal, who's a lesbian. So, oh, okay. You know. Still uncultured. Yeah. yeah. But it's that. Yeah. It's a gay sex song. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> She's a song about her changing her major to sex with Joan. <laughs> Me too. But Keela would change his major to sex with Joan. They're 12, so no. Mm, yeah, that's true. So <laughs> it fit the moment. <laughs> so they we go through more character introductions after these guys are like, oh well, okay, as long as you're not going to kill us, let's all just wander off now. Mm -hmm. Um, they're like, kites, just like, hey, where are the other two characters who aren't racistly designed? Mm. And they say they're not here yet, so we won't have to see they're not racist designed characters. Yeah, and I say, oh, thank you. Um, oh, to continue the introductions real quick, um, Monta, and he's called Mon mostly, is he's the bear. He looks, he genuinely looks like a big koala. Like yeah. he just, he, he's doing koala face constantly. Yeah, the whole time. And um, the girl yeah. with the, with the puppy is called Banana. So, yeah. mm hmm. He thought long and hard about these names. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of shit you do when you're like a, a starting out writer and you're like, I'm going to look up a word and put it through Google Translate into another language. So everyone will be like, oh, it's clever. And this Togashi was like, what's the English word for banana? I'll name my character that. Banana. And then everyone will be like, oh, shit, that means banana in English. <laughs> and everyone who watches this in America will be like, why the fuck is her name banana? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm saying this is the shit I would do. <laughs> honestly, like, I... I, honestly, I respect that energy of just not giving a shit about your characters' names. That's like, yeah, fuck it. Thinking up good names is hard, so just do bad names and go with it. It's a great way to signal they'll be in this arc for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the dramatic conclusion to Banana's story. Oh, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Yeah, we get... They have a claw from the chimera ant and they're kind of like hmm that seems kind of big we'll they're talk like, about that later they're like this thing's a fucking finger and they're like why is it so big as like a human finger and they're like who could say hmm they'll talk about that on the car ride they'll, they'll have talk time then um they do like a little flashback to some of their research and like how they got the chimera ant like how they knew about the body and stuff and um apparently it was the damn york new auction 
Yeah, I have words for Kite. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Kite, king of minding his own goddamn business. They were at the York New fucking auction, supposedly around the same time that the fucking Phantom Troop were tearing up and destroying their city. And Kite said, nah, not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. He said, uh-uh. They're like, Kite, you're you're a two-star hunter. Don't you want to get in there and help? And he's like, no. He said, okay, here's my power and showed them the clown. And they were like, eh, okay. <laughs> he's like, I definitely could go help. <laughs> we'll let someone else deal with this. <laughs> he's like, I am looking at a fucking ant leg. So I got things to do. <laughs> Yeah, so this is where we get a flashback to, like, this, you know, kite learning about this big-ass chimera ant arm with big fingers and claws. I wonder Mm. what she uses those for. Um, What them fingies do. And, yeah, he's basically... Yeah, it's like they don't necessarily know, like, what species this is, but they figure out it's a chimera ant, and it's, like, a really big one. And then we flash back to the present where we learn, like, a little bit about, like, chimera ant biology and reproduction and how, like, they, when they eat a thing, when the queen, like, eats an animal or, like, another insect or something, then she passes the traits of whatever she eats onto her offspring. So, like, each generation gonna look, like, very different and just be, like, a huge hodgepodge of whatever bugs got snacked on. Yeah. And yeah. We- while this is going on, we are once again getting shots of the ant queen and they're like, it's phagocinesis. And well, as long as she doesn't eat anything too big or like powerful, we should be all right. So this ant probably isn't that big of a threat. As she's saying this, she has been munching on some fish and some crabs and from bats. And she's walking through her cave, yeah. all sexy like, and she's saying, the first batch is almost ready to hatch. Mm-hmm. And we see some. Look at all these eggs I laid with my big, sec- juicy abdomen. Mm. My big abdomen put all these eggs out. And we look up to the ceiling to see a bunch of glowing orbs. And they have human-sized somethings in them. And she says, soon the first wave will be ready. And then we cut back and Kite's like, well, as long as she doesn't eat anything too big, haha, we should be all right. Yeah, so, yeah, basically, Gon and Kilua, they join the group. And then they they have a short little scene there where Kite's like, wow, Gon is so good at making friends. What, what hunter blood is coursing through his veins? That's so incredible. We cut to her and then we cut back. And then that's when we get that chimera ant lore. And Kilua very, uh, very deftly is like, wow. So like, if, she, if this is the size of that finger, she's pretty big, huh? She could probably like eat a human like pretty easily. And everyone in the car is just like very scared and like, oh, let's not, let's not think about that. Bro, the vibe. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, cut. Yeah, cut directly to the Chimera Ant soldiers attacking a human village and grabbing some children who get eight. Yeah, okay, these fuck- so basically, it's the scene, they're in the car, and then we see these, t- like, it goes straight from there to just these two happy children. Just the most adorable kids just you've ever fucking most, seen. Just the most, like, you can tell something bad is gonna happen to them, because they are just two, two- big-eyed, precious little babies who- yeah. They got death flags strewn across their bodies, they're wearing red flags that say, we are so fucking adorable, please don't eat us. Yeah, and there's, like, all this stuff where the baby sister is like, wow, big brother, you're going to protect me, right? And, like, he's protecting her from a snake when we first see them. 
Um, we, yeah, we cut back to the queen and she's very vascular. I love how fucking vascular this woman is. <laughs> she is ready to burst. She got like her like ant, like exoskeleton on, but sometimes we do see like bits of neck. She does have titties for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we see yeah. some flesh, it's she vascular. Is, she is vain kid thinking about how badly she wants to give birth to the kid. <laughs> that is exactly right. It really is. She's like, you guys need to go get me some nutritious fucking sustenance so I can give birth to this king. I am so fucking ready, dude. Yeah, her first round of babies has been born, and their their job is to bring her even more food so that she can birth this fucking king of a beast. She's like, I need my king. Like, I- yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then she eats the two precious babies, and she's like, damn, this is so fucking good. Bring me more of these. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. The the scene is like they go out fishing at the river, and uh, you see one of the big guys that she had just birthed, and he's just like standing in the way, and the the big brother is like, "It's okay, I'm gonna protect you." And then you hear them both scream, and then it cuts to um, yeah, Lynn and Podungo, whose character designs could have been better. Hmm. Yeah, you remember how Togashi designed some like black characters who we that don't make us wanna punch the man? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Togashi in- invents these characters, Lin and Podongo. Uh Lin is this uh uh incredibly awful Chinese stereotype. He's got the yep. slanted eyes, the buck teeth, he's short, he not great. And Padungo is just like, just completely white lips, dark skinned woman. Like, I don't, uh, uh, it's not great. It's um, super not good. It's super not great. Super yeah. not good. Um, I'm very glad that I don't have to look at them long. Um, Togashi, I will be driving to your house soon with a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to talk. And so these characters are like, yeah, well, we were investigating like where the ant queen could be on this beach. Um, and then we kind of lost the trail. Uh, she's not around. And banana is like, well, I have a dog. We could have the dog try to find it. And Gones <laughs> like, Hey, I'm part dog. Gones says my nose is great too. Let me get on all fours just like your dog and try sniffing around. Gone hasn't outgrown his runs up the stairs on all fours phase yet. And he probably <laughs> never will. Um, so they go a sniffing and Kite is having flashbacks of Jing being like, good hunters make friends with both people and animals. And I say, Kite, he's 12. (laughs) Kite, he's 12. It's not that hard for a full grown adult to be like, this kid's nice. Right? Like, I don't, I don't think it's that hard for a 12 year old to make friends. Yeah. With like a full grown adult. I don't think adults going to look at that. Actually, a lot of adults in this world look at this kid and be like, I want to kill you so fucking bad. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Also, a lot of adults in the real world do look at 12 year olds and go, wow, I want to kill this kid. So. So fucking bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They. (laughs) I'm laughing at this part, too, because they start talking about the currents and they're like, well, where is it possible that this chimera ant could have washed up? And they're like, well, these currents kind of change a lot. Honestly, like day to day, they're pretty different. Honestly, so, it could be fucking anywhere. Literally anywhere. Honestly, um, it could be on Greed Island. Let's go back there. Woo! So we're gonna have to split up and look for clues. And Did in you? case this wasn't already enough of a Scooby Doo gang, they are going to split up and walk through the forest looking for clues. 
Could you imagine if the Ant Queen ended up on Greed Island and she's sitting in there in their cave and she's like, my army is almost ready and Razor just walks in and he's like, you didn't come in through the normal channels. <laughs> just throws the big red ball, just like, like. He's like, uh-uh. He's like, nah. You ain't breaking my video game. That's exactly right. Yeah, so they wander through the forest and they're looking around. And they're like, hey, that was a complete waste of time. Why did we do that? Mm-hmm. And they're like, maybe we should like do some actual fucking research instead of just wandering around the woods in this like one mile radius. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds smart. So they return to, return to York, New City, um, and they start working on the interwebs. And they're like, damn, these currents are fucking whack, yo. They go anywhere. And they're like, how about we look for like large swaths of people who go missing? And they're like, yeah, so that's a lot of people. So that'll take too long. Incredible. Love this world building. They're like, yeah, that's they're like, can we look up individually? And she's like, that also would take too long. So we're not doing that. And then they're like, how about we triangulate about the day that you found the arm and do the currents? Because maybe the arm wasn't attached to the body. So we can figure out where the arm came from and figure out where the body might still be. And they're like, Oh, fuck, dude. Genius level intellect. Mm-hmm. And so they do that and they're like, hmm, hmm. It seems they're on this continent that has a bunch of countries that aren't Asia stand-ins. Yeah. And are regular. They are on the continent of Asia, which is spelled with a Z. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's completely, completely different. different. And any political conversations are not about Asia. Any political conversations or the people therefore in and the politics of it have no real world tie-ins. <laughs> there definitely isn't a country that is east and west of a country and definitely have no real world counterparts. Yeah. Super normal. It's super normal and regular and I can't wait to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe yeah. I hate the Khmer Antarctic. <laughs> That would be incredible. Like, you go through all this, this whole time. You've been like, Mary Antark is top. It's it's S-tier. It's, it's great. King, it's- and then we finish this one, and you're like, actually, maybe it was just Green Island all along. Just maybe I fucking hate this. <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be incredible, actually. <laughs> that would be like candy. Um, yeah. We've reached Phagogenesis. We've reached Phagogenesis. We talk about how you can fully... Uh, we reach the point where they're like, well, as long as she doesn't eat anything like a human, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh, nothing should go weird. And as she, Aunt Queen is walking around, she's still looking vascular. She's still looking uh-huh. thick. And she's like, oh, this bat's ready to be born. Can't wait for that to happen. And one of them falls out and it's kind of like a bird looking dude. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, cool. You look pretty neat. And he says, what are your orders, my queen? And she's like, oh, fuck, you can talk. Uh-huh. And he's like, well, yeah, better to receive your orders. And she's like, that pleases me. I love that. That, Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Gather the ants. I now elect you squadron leader. Yeah. Gather the other ants and go get me some more nutritious, nutritious value meat. Give me more of them humans. Those things were so tasty. Those two little children that I just gobbled up. Incredible. Bring me more of those. If you can find any of those things that are bigger that would be so cool. That would be so cool of you if you could mm-hmm. just like bring me something even bigger and cooler than that. That's and exactly he says, right. all right, I'm about to go do that. Mm-hmm. And that's episode. That's episode. Anyways, 
Nothing from here will escalate or get worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the only humans that will get eaten in this entire arc. Togashi, well, obviously, Togashi would arc. never draw a human being eaten. <laughs> he would never draw an incredibly graphic scene of a human being being eaten. And then be like, okay, you guys, you get one of these. Togashi has never thought about cannibalism in his life. Togashi isn't working through a few demons in this arc. <laughs> Y'all telling me this is the Vor arc? It's the Vor arc. It's the Vor arc. It's the Vor arc. It's the monster fucker arc. It's the furry arc. Maybe that's why it's We're... the best arc. <laughs> <laughs> it's in its fucking bag, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're... D- 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 yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. We're definitely <laughs> we're definitely having we're we're definitely a, a a horny layer to be explored here. It's it's dark and 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 sort of murky down there, but we're we're gonna we're gonna get our torches and we're just gonna you know put on our put on our high rubber boots and just galosh our way through it. That is exactly right. We are going to walk through these murky depths and occasionally say, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> and <laughs> We're about to be tits deep into Gashi's weird fetishes and maybe outing yep. ourselves in the process. <laughs> That's fine. I've already had my entire ass out on this podcast. It's alright. Yeah. It's yeah. alright. It's fine. Um, Once again, we remember Uvo game. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Razor fondly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I must ask, as yeah. we come to the conclusion of these two episodes, uh-huh. Sky, how are you feeling about this arc so far? Hmm. Like I said, the Spider Queen, I'm obsessed. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Spiders yeah. are something different. I know. They're I, fucking around somewhere else. Oh, really? Yeah. Or no. I, I don't, I can't tell anymore. Um, yeah, no, this whole thing is so scary. I love it. Just like them, like, it's it's so obvious. Like, it's, you know, like, it, it's just them going back and forth and being like, wow, hope she doesn't eat a human. And then we cut to these two baby-faced children. And you're like, oh, my God, they're going to get yeah. eaten by the ant queen. It's so scary. And then, like, every time she's just, like, in the cave, just eating stuff and being like i need more i need more it's so she's so scary and i love it yeah it's this this arc definitely leans into horror that horror aspect more than more than any other Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely like because i mean the other stuff has been so much of the action adventure type of like violence when that comes up but this really is just like a straight horror arc where it's just like mm-hmm. yeah this fuck up lady is like in the cave eating a bunch of things and there's nothing these people can do about it they're gonna be doing their thing out here trying to stop this thing but it is in motion like there's nothing they can do i'm so excited to get through this first half of this arc because the second half of this arc is like when someone talks about the chimera antarc they're like this is that's what they're talking about it's like everything pops off there everything like really comes to a head and is like full of so many amazing things that this arc has a complete, this first half has a completely different feel to it. And I'm excited to like get into that feel, that energy of like, this is the prelude before everything just goes to shit. Yeah. This is like the, like, 
oh, we're we're in danger now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we fucked up. It's also like just like very much visually darker. Yeah, it really is just setting a very different tone with like everything it's doing. It's very good. We talked a lot about the game arc being a cool setup for this arc also, because Mm -hmm. it's like, we talked about it a little bit ago also, just like with the confidence building that that whole arc went through. And then this one being like, ah, they're doing everything they possibly can and it will not be nearly enough to stop what is coming. Like bad things are going to happen and it's it's gonna be about like, you know, putting out fires <laughs> and like yeah i don't know i think it i think the tone that it's setting right now is just so cool i think this is the one that also the one arc that is like gon and Killua meet like a group of adults that they respect because like even in, <laughs> yeah, yeah even in like say the york new city arc they had karapika they had like melody they had like a group of adults that they respected and were like you guys seem to know what you're doing and we can be confident that you'll get us through this. This is like the first arc where it's like, oh, the adults around us don't even know what's going on. Like even the adults around us are like, no, this ain't good. <laughs> no, we're not. We're yeah. not in anything that's like good. Cause even Bisky was like, well, get through is a threat, but we can handle it. Like it, it should be fine. That's interesting because, like, I loved in York New City when, like, a lot of it was Karapika just losing his shit. Like, they had a plan that was worked out with a lot of people, and then Karapika lost his shit and fucked them over. But, but it was this still is, like exactly Karapika like they like, had a yeah, plan. I, it just I got it just got fucked over because you know Karapika has issues, and that's fine. But like, it's very interesting going into this one and like the adults, like Kilo being like, "Wow, this thing could eat a human," and every adult in the car being like, "Oh my god, what if it ate a human?" and just like even as like how fast it just goes to like adults being like no we're confident we can keep this contained we can keep this done get this over with to being like oh oh no Mm -hmm. oh no 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 (laughs) yeah it's quite good it's that like horror of when you're like parent like when the first time you realize your parent is like oh i don't have things together like i am panicking right now Mm -hmm. and you're like oh yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. It's a lot. I'm enjoying it. I yeah. I th- I think the first time I like tried to watch this like the horror thing wasn't doing it for me just because I couldn't like I think I was watching it out of order and stuff. Um but this is really doing it for me like the horror aspect and the like impending doom yeah. is just everywhere and I love it. Yeah, I hope I hope you're ready for everything to become completely fucked. <laughs> It happens so quickly too. It is, it is like I, I'm, I'm not good at patience, and I did skip ahead a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. I truly forgot how quickly it went to like things are kind of under control. To no, things are bad, and everyone's having a bad time. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to do the whole like two episode at a time because like. I know, like, for me, going through some of the older arcs, that really gives you a perspective on, like, how things piece together just when you do go through it piecemeal like that, which, you know, that's Mm -hmm. just how it happens. But, like, I'm excited for it to be like this, where it's, like, popping off, and it's like, nope, that's two episodes, like... (laughs) Just, like, death-gripping the fucking table, like, shaking it, just like, can we do, like, 12 episodes this week? (laughs) That's exactly right. Um... Is that it for this? Should we head into Too Many Gones? We can head into Too Many Gones. Yeah, let's do Too Many Gones. I mean, 
obviously, of course, we want to have a moment of silence for the 99 anime. That is exactly right. It, it, gone too soon, gone right before we got to see Kite. Could you imagine the funny faces of the 99 for the Khmer Ant Queen? God, that would be, I can't. Oh, Those squelching oh. noises as she's eating in the cave. I'm yeah. picturing it and I hate it. Entirely I'm too so wet. so sad that we don't get to see like any Bud Sonkers faces on like any of the fun furries we have. Would they give her up. lipstick? Can you imagine Ecalgo with a OVA face? Would they give the Khmer Ant Queen lipstick? Because the 99 gives every like female character that enters like noticeable lipstick. Yeah. Do you think they would give her lipstick? Oh my god. Do you think they would give her the I don't eyeliner? Think, I don't think she would, but that cat girl we see a couple times in the intro, oh, she would have lipstick. Yeah, Cat sure. Girl Supreme would definitely have lipstick. That's a thousand. Yeah, she would have lipstick and a male voice actor. <laughs> it, would be, it would kick ass. It would fucking rule school. <laughs> that is true. I would like to see that. I want to see OV. I mean, I know there's a 99 kite. I want to see like specifically like a later like OVA stuff. I want to see that kite. Yeah, yeah, like incredibly janky face kite as he's punching two children and shooting a bunch of ants in the middle of the mist. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. Except, except like, here's the fucking thing. The manga version is so different. We don't see... We don't see Kite's gun at all. Yeah. It's like, since we already know who Kite is from chapter one, we just see him. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? It's Gone. Haven't seen you in a while. What are you doing here? What's up, my young friend? It's just like that fast. <laughs> There's none of this like, oh, we need to flash back to learn who this is. It's just like, Kite and Gone already know each other. They're just, they just say hi. <laughs> this like, the entire first episode that we watched, like, all of the stuff with Kite, Kilua, and Gon, that's six pages <laughs> long, and, like, one of those is, like, a two-page spread, and then, like, all the stuff with the Ant Queen is three pages, so the manga goes, like, the manga is, like, yeah, okay, we're setting this up now, and, yeah. <laughs> in in like a much more like efficient way than that than the anime because it doesn't like stumble all of this over all of this stuff like of like having to learn who this character is also we don't see like the chimera ants like until we go to southern peace um like, mm. because, like, Kite's just out here, like, we learn about his biological survey work, we meet his team, um, and then, they're, and then they're like, yeah, we're gonna still be doing biological survey stuff for the next month, you two are hunters, wanna help us out? And then Gon and Kilua just, like, go around with the team, like, taking pictures of animals and, like, trying to find any new species, and, like, they're, like, pretty good hunters, like, they're good, you know, they have this natural affinity for animals and also, like, you know, know how to, like, hide their presence and, like, move through, like, the forest, like, without, like, creating a disturbance. So they just, like, find a bunch of animals and everyone is like, wow, these kids are really talented at, like, finding new species. And they just do that. It's not, like, specified, but, like... It's implied that they probably do that for, like, at least a few weeks or a month, and then, like, yeah, and then they go back to um, Mr. Wong, who was there in the flashback for the 
yeah, he's like the like you know environmental minister or whatever for this country they're in of you know Kakin. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you know when they when they meet that character, like Gon and Kilua are there with them. They just like it's implied that they just like spend a month hanging out with Kite and then like go back, and then like the minister is like, hey. You know, I I got this tip from Southern Peace. They want you to check out like the arm of this new species they found, and like you did such good work for us here. Like, you know, we wanted we wanted you to look at this first, and then like that's where they find the arm of the Chimera Ant Queen, and then like you know continue searching on it from there. So like the Chimera Ants are like introduced like a lot later and you know it's just structured very differently it has more time to like sort of like get into like what kite is up to you know without like jumping straight yeah, into I the do, next plot like the 2011 really feels like that it didn't trust that like obviously since we haven't seen kite before it really felt like we wouldn't trust that like oh Gon can be friends with this guy so it was like no we need to establish that like there's a lot going on like right now so it's not just like going hanging out with a guy who we've never yeah. seen before and him being like, oh, yeah, I know these kids so well. Like, we get along so well. Let's all do just fun hunter stuff. It needs to be like, no, there's like a plot. We're sorry. There's a plot going on. See, that's kind of frustrating me now because like like yeah. I said, the 2011 kind of works if you don't have any of that context. But now I'm like, I wish we could have had, even if they had to do some of that exposition, like, you know, I get we could have had even the flat like they could have just been like oh hey what's up and then like they explained to Kilawa the fox bear thing like you could have done some of that in flashbacks while also having that first episode be like Mm -hmm. there's always kind of a fake setup not fake because greed island really was they went and played a video game but like you know the tournament arc it's like oh we're gonna do this fun tournament surprise we're gonna learn about nen you know like there's a lot of times sort of like a um, and York New City, it's like, oh, it's the auction. We're going to have fun with that. Just kidding. It's mostly about the Phantom Troop. Um, it would have been cool if, like, we had that for this one where the whole first episode was just them, like, dicking around in the jungle. Even if you had to do some of that exposition, it would have been a little smoother than just having, like, them sitting around a fire reintroducing themselves. They could have done a lot of that and then yeah. just had little flashbacks and then still had yeah, the like, stuff, like, lurking in the background. Yeah, yeah, just like, you know, just watching the 2011, it's like, okay, this is, yeah, this makes sense as, like, an introduction to this story, but, like, comparing it to the manga, it really is just like, oh, they just kind of sat down and did an exposition dump for a whole episode, huh? It doesn't really have, like, you know, that that sense of, yeah. like, going in Kilawa, like, you know, in, in some ways it kind of feels, like, more rushed of, like, you know, kite-like you know, seeing what these boys are capable of and, like, you know, sort of acknowledging them as, like, good hunters, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like, with doing that, they could have brought, like, the gang in earlier, and I know, I don't know how important yeah. they're going to be, but, like, you know, it feels, it does feel a little rushed to have, like, the second episode be where we learn, like, like, the first episode is almost all gone and kite's backstory and then the second episode is almost all like okay shit we gotta talk about all this stuff with the chimera hand and stuff like that like yeah you know and and that would have gone a little smoother if at least like his friends had been with them and like that whole first episode was like what they're doing in this place and then like 
you know, smoothly bring in the chimera ant stuff. Yeah. I think that would have worked a little better. But you don't like them cutting back and forth between campfire talk and in a cave, I'm going to consume enough to birth the king. I mean, again, it's not even that I didn't like it because it really does give it a weird sense of urgency. I guess the first episode does feel a little off with that urgency. The second one, I mean, they both have that cool horror element, but I don't think it would have ruined it if the first episode was less we're sitting around a campfire because that does feel a little weird with them just like having this long drawn out conversation while the queen is just in a cave eating shit. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thinking about it. I think like the manga is probably like a smoother tonal transition just because like, you know, it goes from like the end of Great Island saying goodbye to Bisky to like this relatively chill, like, you know, sort of reunion with kite. And instead of like, like, just like you know knocking them down and shooting at them at them he's just like oh hey what's up it's it's these guys want to like help me find some cool bugs and you know they just like do that for a little while and then like it start it kind of starts to get into like the scarier chimera ant stuff so like yeah i you know yeah and that's yeah so in a way i feel like the the anime is both like more abrupt and also like slower paced you know yeah it does feel a little weird like again it worked but knowing all that manga stuff i'm like damn we missed a lot of content that could have been really fun like with the i like having them do all that hunting right after the great island arc with them being like oh yeah we spent all this time like using our gyo learning how to use our gyo to like hunt down these cards and now we get to use it in real life hunting down real creatures like that's so cool for them and they they look at one creature and it's the tiger unicorn and he kicks Mm -hmm. ass but like that's it it is it would have been very kick-ass to be at this time in like 2003 and like the first chapter you like read is like kite stuff and then like oh like a few panels of like the ant queen and then like you have to wait for like weeks or months or whatever and you're like hey what the fuck was that and then it's just like we're hunting for some animals and it's like no wait hey what the fuck was that (laughs) excuse me (laughs) like that does feel like such a great way of building attention to be like hey wait can we can we talk about that thing over there and they're like we found a tiger unicorn and it's like no can we talk about hold on Yeah. This one feels like it's like, hey, what the fuck was that? And they're like, oh, sorry, we forgot. We forgot to tell you. That thing is the Chimera Ant Queen. Um, This is what she's doing. We're like, oh, okay. Well, thank you for that one. Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like we... With you saying that they found it, or not found it, but they had, like, the guy was like, oh, you guys did really well out here doing this. Take a look at this Chimera hand. It does feel a little weird for Kite to have sat down with them for this whole time. And then, like, I I don't know. It's a little weird for him to already know about it when this all starts. Weird for them to recon and say that they found it at the York New City auction (laughs) while the fucking Phantom Troop was popping off. (laughs) At the fucking York New City auction. And Kite said, -uh. (laughs) nah. That's none of my business. Not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I hear my roommate now, so I can speak at a normal volume, finally. (laughs) (laughs) The ASMR Um, has ended. Yeah, so, yeah, like, it, it, the manga still does, like, give us, like, these intercut scenes of, like, the queen, but we're still not, like, made aware of her as an immediate threat, I guess, just because, like, we don't know, like, 
what a chimera ant is yet. Like, we don't have that scene of, like, going in Kilowa immediately, like, getting attacked by these deadly ants. So we're just like, oh, what's this going on? Seems kind of ominous. Like, as, like, going in Kilowa are just, like, you know, meeting Kite and, like, looking for these species. And then it's not until, like, later that, like, we're like, oh, we see this arm. That probably belongs to the queen. Oh, we're learning what a chimera ant is and why, like, this is fucked up and dangerous, you know? I still am a little bit confused about the scene where Kilo is getting bit by one and he goes to grab it. And again, it's so funny when Kite knocks him on the ground and uses his hat to sweep it away. But it's like, he, he already got the pincers into his leg. I'm not knowing what I know at this point, at least, about chimera ants. I'm like, I... I I don't understand what the point of that was. Yeah. He was just being dramatic. I think this is something that's going to come back later, which is like that the severed head of a chimera aren't, or ant can survive for a while. So like if he tried to pluck it off and like just left, left the head, it would still be a problem and it would be harder to get out. Yeah. Something like that. I yeah. was assuming it would probably be something like a, you know, like a tick bite or something where you got to use a credit card or something which doesn't really work in this scenario because kite used his hat but i i mean yeah that that does make sense at least it just like it still hasn't been explained to this point in episode two which is strange when we started this arc with the ant bite it could also be a metaphor for the overarching themes oh you know you gotta crush the head or the rest of the body will keep going Who's crushing head? Mm. Yeah, uh, the ants. The ant queen. <laughs> so yes, head? <laughs> she said yes, bringing it ahead. Unbreaks my cell phone. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's just kind of like how the manga goes. There's like, it's like very different structurally, but it has like a lot of the same moments of just like, you know, like, you know, just like learning about the chimera ants and kite being like, oh, these boys, animals like them. And they also have good friends. That means they're good hunters, you know? So yeah, kind of a lot of the same, of the same moments, just like in a different order and in a mm -hmm. different context, you know? Yeah. I do like the like sense of impending doom, like reading a manga one week and like it being like, we're hunting some cute animals. And then like one panel being like, there's this big ant walking out of the water and going into a cave yeah. and then it going back to we're hunting animals and it being like can we can are we you gonna hunt that one can we address what just walked out <laughs> bro does your dog bite <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like that would be like really cool of like just a week to week having to wait for it and be like so what's going on with that thing mm-hmm yeah, so so that's about all I have for the for the manga. So can we talk about the 1999 in the changes? <gasps> no, no we, Devin, <laughs> Devin, we already we're 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 in mourning. The 99 is gone. So Devin. episode one of the 1999, we meet Kite. <laughs> <laughs> Go. We're just gonna start over. We're gonna start over and compare compare all the differences that we see. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Just, these episodes didn't line up at all. I don't know what's this filler. <laughs> Damn, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm going to talk about the boat episodes again. God. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know that we have any, like, other interim segments that we want to, like, test out or 
I, I certainly don't have any plans for like what to do now that that 99 is go gone. I was just thinking like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we we might figure out something to fill this space eventually. But like, yeah, for now, um, for now, I'm okay for going to whatever we're doing next. Do you guys have stuff to recommend? I have stuff, but I I, okay. I do. Then we can do uh we can do Greedo Island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who wants to go first? I have I, I kinda wanna go last because I have one that I'm completely okay. unhinged about and I might want to sure. talk about. I can for a while. I can start then because I have I have two things. Um I once again, like a fucking fool, watch the show known as Two Year Eternity. Uh-huh. It's a show about a fucking orb. And I said this week I would not cry at the fucking orb episode. Mm-hmm. And then I did spend exactly 20 minutes on the couch crying at a fucking orb. Um, to Your Eternity is very good. It's a show about what if a god threw an orb to the earth and it said, experience trauma, orb. And the orb said, I don't want to. And the god said, oh, too yeah. bad. Um, and each... Each arc is basically like this orb meeting someone, growing close to them, and then life happening, and then the orb being like, well, gotta move on. And so every time I get to the end of an arc, I do cry. And it's just an incredibly good show if you want, like, to experience some quality emotion. Mm-hmm. And then on the second part of that, speaking of experiencing mm-hmm. quality emotion, I started rereading the Soul Eater manga. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. That's an absolute wild fucking time. Complete different from <laughs> show about orb. Yeah, it sounds like it. We love our non-binary friend Krona. We love our non-binary friend Krona, who does live in the moon by the end of the manga. Uh-huh. Good for I, them. The moon, which is always smiling and dripping blood in a normal way. In a completely normal way, we do love uh, the whole joke of being like, yeah, you have to be able to like bond spiritually to the weapon you use. Here's the legendary holy sword, Excalibur. Anyone can use it. It's completely unstoppable and invincible. Then why doesn't everybody use it? Because he's fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that gag of just being like, oh yeah, anyone can like bond with them. Oh, that's cool. If you can stand him. If you can spend more than five minutes with him. Ken. <laughs> I, I just having a good time. Mm-hmm. I considered rewatching the anime, but then I remembered the ending and I got mad again. Sky, do you have something? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really did nothing. It was kind of a rough week. Um, I bought uh, new false nails for myself, and I'm going to put those on after Sick. the podcast, and that's basically been my self-care. So that's that's really, truly it. All right. Time to get unhinged? So, so I watched the season two finale of sonic x and i have some i've been i've been foaming at the mouth like waiting to talk about it with someone i'm not sure like how much of sonic x i'm allowed to spoil because you have a sonic podcast but also like what you have to know about me is that my mind is swiss cheese yeah no absolutely anything you say about this will leave my brain it's gonna be (laughs) eight years until you get to the season two finale on sonic shuffle you've covered like what seven episodes like 
We've covered seven episodes, and I do not remember any of yeah. them at if all. If you remember what th- this conversation, like, by the time you get to those seasons, you're using your brain wrong. So I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not a lobe I would prefer to, to keep on. Yeah. So. Uh-huh, sure. So, you know, Sonic X, for, like, anyone not familiar, it's, it's a show about Sonic, you know? It's kind of like action it it sort of goes back and forth between like action adventure and like screw screwball comedy like you know it's it's like a shonen anime but also like you know very sort of cartoony is got it's got gags and hijinks in in addition to like sonic punching a robot every once in a while so you know pretty light-hearted pretty light on like any character development or like you know, or serious emotional beats. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like a fun time for babies. Um, <laughs> and then we get to the season two finale, and I... It's so much. Like, So I know very little about Sonic X. I do know at some point they head into space. Yeah, this is... Is this when this happens? This is right before they go to space. Space is season oh, three. This yeah. is like right before that. So Oh how fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically like what happens is like Sonic has to go back to his home planet for reasons. Basically the writers say something about like uh something something different dimensions timeline. We have to separate the two dimensions so that time doesn't break. They really don't put any thought into it. They basically <laughs> just say Sonic needs to leave Earth for reasons. Sonic um, needs to not be in the plot because we can't have him like lose, so yeah. <laughs> And our our little human protagonist, Christopher, is like, oh no, Sonic is my best friend, and I'm definitely romantically in love with him. I don't know if I'm, like, ready to say goodbye to him yet. Um, so, you know, we have, like, pretty much, like, a whole episode of just, like, all the extended cast, like, saying goodbye to, like, these little anthropomorphic furry friends, and they all, like, go into a big portal to go back to their home world, and, like, a lot of people are crying, and then, you know, Sonic is, like, the last one to leave, and Chris is fucking internally freaking out because he... He definitely has a normal relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog, so he just, like, shuts- (laughs) As do we all. (laughs) (laughs) He shuts the portal off before Sonic can go through, and then just grabs Sonic and runs, and- and- I love that for him. This goes really cool. I love this kid. And then we have an entire episode of Christopher Thorndike basically eloping with Sonic. I forgot that his name was Christopher Thorndike. I forgot yeah. his last name. <laughs> and I'm like not kidding about the romantic energy. Like this the this episode has like it's fucking bizarre. Like they're not, like, subtle about this boy being in love with Sonic the Hedgehog. It is, like, very apparent. 
you know, at one point, like, Chris is, like, climbing up a waterfall and, you know, Sonic helps him up and they're, like, holding hand for a s- hands for a second and Chris is blushing. Like, that's the entire episode, basically. It's just, like, this boy being in love with Sonic the Hedgehog and also, like, kidnapping him because, like, he's an, an emotionally neglected rich boy who has not learned that, like, it's not okay to express love for someone by trying to possess <laughs> them and, like, Sonic is just, like, kind of going along with this because he's like, okay, this is an emotionally neglected rich boy. He's probably not going to react well if I just tell him that it's not okay to express love by trying to possess someone. (laughs) (laughs) So so Sonic just kind of, like, is just hanging out, just sort of going along with it and, like, waiting for Chris to figure it out himself. And it's just, like, it's so interesting it's like this is like the first time it's like sort of like meaningfully acknowledged like chris's upbringing and like how that affects him as a character and like how that's you know sort of left him in unequipped to be in like a real friendship with boundaries like it's oh the killer it yeah it's so (laughs) it's just like It's like the writers decided, like, okay, this season is ending, we're just gonna, like, fucking flex a little bit and do something, like, interesting and characterful, and also really, really gay. Like, (laughs) I cannot overstate this enough. This boy wants- it, like, this, like, run of episodes literally, like, opens up with Chris doing, like, an essay about, like, what he wants to do in the future, and, like, what he wants his job to be, and just, like, the first thing he writes down is, I want to be with Sonic the Hedgehog forever. He wants to be married to this cartoon blue man. So I know I said I would be filing, I would forget this immediately. I lied. I'm actually filing this away to a list of things that are very important to remember forever. So yeah, 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 yeah. This will be something I think about constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time I watch an episode of Sonic X, I will be like, yeah, and (laughs) and if there is like any doubt in your mind, if anyone out there is still thinking, Keith, you're probably reading too much into this. This run of episodes has the same ending as Dark Side of Dimensions, Ooh. where, like, post-credits, like, we've done a time skip, it's six years in the future, Chris is in college, he's trying to make that, like, interdimensional portal work again, and he does it, and he's like, okay, well, um, this might kill me, it might permanently separate me from my friends and family, but my boyfriend's in another dimension, so yeet. Yeah, once again, you had me at this is the same plot as Dark Side of Dimensions, so I know it's A material. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. A grade material. Um, yeah. Any plot that even comes close to Dark Side of Dimensions is a, a just out of the park win in my book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just been living in my brain for the past few days. That's been making me unhinged, is just, like, just Sonic Sonic X getting, like, abruptly and overwhelmingly gay. <laughs> I love this because, once again, all I knew is that they go to space sometimes, and you were, sometime, you were like, oh, that happens in season three. So I'm like, oh, season two probably has something crazy like, oh, the Earth blows up and they all have to go into space or something like that. 
No, I love how it has nothing to do with that. No. Nah, it's just it's just nothing at all. It is literally it's like just the fairy tale like ending. A, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like an it's like I forget exactly how long this goes on, but it's like an episode of like characters just like tearfully saying goodbye to each other and having like you know, emotional moments about, like, their relationships with each other. And then, like, a fucking episode of just, like, Chris and Sonic romantically running away. And and it ends with, with DSOD. And, like, that's the fucking season two finale of this comedy action series about a little blue hedgehog fighting robots. God, see, going into this, I knew about three things about Sonic, and now I know four. And I'm very obsessed with <laughs> the fourth fact there that I know about Sonic. What were that, the three things you knew about Sonic? Um, uh, one time he had a gun and a human wife. Yes, that is true. Um, <laughs> Shadow's the one who has the gun. Excuse me. Shadow, oh, sh- okay. Shadow, Shadow gets the gun. gun. Sonic gets the human Sonic wife. Sonic had a human wife. Yeah. Um... It tr- yeah, it turns out it. 2006 wasn't the first time Sonic had a human wife. <laughs> turns out sonic gets a wife a lot yeah yeah you guys are telling me there was another time where he had a wife and kids i assume they were hedgehogs though Mm, or are they also humans what is sally i completely forget what is sally i think she's like a chipmunk okay 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 but they're like animals yeah it's it's in that world where like yeah this is a bat and she hangs out with the hedgehogs that's okay Um, would never hang out with sonic well again i know three things (laughs) Sonic is blue. <laughs> he is your friend. <laughs> yeah, he once had um, a human a human girlfriend who he definitely made sweet love to. Uh-huh. And, um, uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. And now I know that one time there was a boy named Christopher Thorndike, and he was so in love with Sonic that he kidnapped yep. him away from the portal, and yeah. they ran off together. And it- I think I just think that's neat. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. That's what happens. <laughs> I'm obsessed you, with it. Yeah, now now you know all the Sonic lore. Yeah, this is all the important Sonic lore, yeah. and then whatever Devin tells me about his new his new favorite boy. Oh, Dr. Starline? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll give you all the facts about Dr. Starline, don't mm-hmm, you worry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fine. Before I started the Sonic podcast, I only knew about two facts about Sonic, which is that everyone loved the Blue Hedgehog, and there was this one time I played a video game about Knuckles the Echidna loosely, and it was that uh, the Echidnas were actually super dimensional aliens mm. who were yeah. playing on harvesting the Earth for its energy. Yeah, just like in real life. Yeah. And I just remember... Sonic canon is pretty interesting. Sonic canon is wild. None of it makes sense or is relevant to other parts of the canon. Sonic canon refuses to ever make sense at all. See, the other fact I know about Sonic the Hedgehog is not even about Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just that the Chia Garden video games are always very fun. The Chow? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Chow Gardens do kick ass. Yeah, they do. The thing about the Chow Gardens are they are the Proto Kingdom Hearts. Sure. <laughs> when I see when I see a Heartless, I go, "That's just a Chow." Hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not entirely wrong. Have you even seen an evil Chow? That thing's just a Heartless. Yeah. <laughs> Tetsuya Nomura was like, I saw an evil Chow and was like, "I have some ideas." <laughs> I'm I'm writing things down in my little notebook. I'm thinking. Alrighty. Do we have anything else? So, yeah. That's 
That's that's that's that's the insane thing living in my head. That's all my ridiculous thoughts about Sonic X season two. Mm. I mean, I'm glad you shared that with us. I'm very obsessed with that fact now. <laughs> I feel like I now have to do extra credit for uh, Sonic. <laughs> Some more extra credit. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to watch specifically the season two finale of Sonic Sonic <laughs> X. It's incredible. Like I can't fucking believe that it's real. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe I did hallucinate it, in which case I'm the best fucking Sonic fanfiction author ever. <laughs> yeah, if I go watch that episode and it turns out that it's it's not exactly the way you described it, I am going to be coming into your DMs and being like, hey, you need to make a fanfiction right, right, right now. You need to write this night. wrong. <laughs> they did my boy dirty. You need to fix this. That's exactly right. I'll I'll do it. I'll fucking if if this is if this is an original Keith creation, then I will. If this if this somehow is just a a, a, a dream, I, a waking dream that I've had, then I will bring it into reality with my words. It is your birthright. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. I feel like we have reached a level of unhinged that is good to end on. Are y'all yeah. are y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, to the Ready. wonderful listeners out there. Are we going to do plugs? Hmm? Oh, we do plug things at the end of this. <laughs> uh, you can find the podcast at gonewellhunting at twitter.com. You can find us at gonewellhunting at gmail.com. You can find me maybe if you look hard enough. Okay. <laughs> you can find uh, the show's Tumblr at gonexpelixhunting. Uh, and you can find me on Tumblr at Tankus McDonald. And then I'm also on Twitter at Sky underscore Bird 36. I'm Space Robot on For Affinity. I'm dr- I draw art there. And I might also post my Sonic mm. fanfiction there. I have I did write a, a, a fanfiction about Sonic Forces last year. And I'm currently working on the sequel. So I'm probably going to post those on, on For Affinity as well as my art. Love that. Excellent. You can read about all my OCM the Bun and her being just a fucking scene kid. I don't know. <laughs> just a fucking a, just a, just an adult goth. Yeah. Excellent. Good for her. Love to see it. <laughs> well, everyone, until next time. Sonic is real. Mm-hmm. He is our friend. <laughs> Something about going will hunting. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. We can't do our uh, woo anymore. Mm. No, I mean, we can. The ending for this is sad. <laughs> yeah, the ending for this is na 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 With some images that aren't evocative of anything. Mm. Yeah, we do get a lot of sad Kilua. <laughs> yeah. We can't do our woos anymore. Yeah. Fuck. What are we going to do? I mean, uh, we can go back to going by, which is what we've been doing. <laughs> no, no, we can't. Oh, you're going to come up with something new right now? Yeah. Uh, no pressure. Uh, 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 going high. That, that's an intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go by. Going by, everybody. Going by. Going by.